Chapter 26, Convict Baseball. Same day, Wednesday, April 24th, 1935. Natalie, my mouth tries to say, but my throat is closed up tight. No sound comes out. I run down, my arms flying helter-skelter, the shale sliding. She has to be here. Maybe she's out scouting for more stones. That's it. I look down by the small rocky beach. A crab scuttles out from under a rock. Men on a nearby ferry are laughing. The sound is eerily loud, though the boat is far away. She isn't there. Over by the red berry bushes? No. Back by the greenhouse? No. Which way do I go? I stop and listen. A voice. Sounds. Behind me. I spin and run toward the voice. Natalie? I crash the thicket, and then I see her. Natalie is sitting on a rock with someone. A man. He's wearing a denim shirt and denim pants. A con. Natalie is sitting with a con. The scream is stuck in my throat, choking me. Don't look away. Don't blink. Do not blink. The con is smiling. He's missing a front tooth. There are dark greased comb marks in his hair. I wonder about this. Inmates aren't allowed hair pomade. Suddenly this seems very important. Why is he wearing pomade in his hair? Maybe he isn't a con. Please, God, don't let him be a con. I haven't even looked at Natalie. I'm afraid to take my eyes off the guy in the denim shirt. I think somehow I can protect this way. But now I watch her, too. She's smiling. Sometimes Nat looks concerned or sad or raging mad. The best she ever looks is interested. But here's my sister, Natalie Flanagan, looking happy. Hey, Moose. The con's voice is scratchy and an octave too high, like a girl's almost. You want this? He reaches inside the coat draped over his leg. He has a gun. I can't breathe. He's going to shoot. But then I see. Information seeps into my brain. It isn't a gun. It's a baseball. Suddenly, my throat opens up. Get away. Get the heck away. Go. Go. That's my sister. Get away from her. I scream as the four o'clock count whistle blows. The con jumps, and Natalie's smile, like some kind of rare bird sighting, slips away. Take it easy, fella. I got your baseball, didn't I? The con says. He nods at me and turns to Natalie. Bye, sweetie. He closes Natalie's fingers around the baseball and fast walks away. Do not, do not call her sweetie, I shout. His pace is uneven, like one leg is shorter than the other. Then I see the number stamped on the back of his denim shirt. 105. Chapter 27. Idiot. Same day, Wednesday, April 24th, 1935. Nothing happened, I say this out loud to shut the voice up in my head. My teeth are chattering like I'm cold. They were just sitting there. There's no law against that. But I can't stop thinking what the warden told me the first week we came here. Some of these convicts haven't seen a woman in 10 or 15 years. I think you're old enough to understand what that means. I was only gone two more mi- two minutes, three minutes maybe. No more. No more. Nothing happened. The words go round and round in my head like the wheels of a car rolling over the slats of a bridge. But it was more than three minutes. Way more. I left right after the three o'clock count whistle. I returned before the next. I was probably gone 45 minutes. No, I left way after the 3 o'clock whistle. It was only 10 minutes. No more. Calm down, I tell myself. Nothing happened. My mind flashes on the greasy-haired con holding my sister's hand, and a sick feeling comes over me. My mouth tastes like curdled milk. I don't know what happened. I wasn't there. I'm so upset I can hardly see where I'm going. Natalie is pulling back, trying to go slow. I tug her along. I don't care what she wants. We're almost to the west stairs now, and I'm not even sure how we got here. It's like I dreamed the distance. How, f- how did he know my name? 
How did he know what I was looking for? Had he, he had the ball with him. He must have known before. 105, that was the number that didn't make sense. Idiot. I'm an idiot. Natalie must have said something the last time. The last time we were over here. Could that be? He must have left before I saw him then. Probably meant to today. But he brought the ball. Insurance, I guess. Figured he could buy me off. I grip Natalie's arm so tight it feels as if I'm holding bone. She tries to twist her arm away, but I'm not about to let go. Ever. She blocks. Stops. Refuses to be half-dragged when we both know she follows just fine without this. But I won't give her even this much freedom. What's the matter with you? Don't you know the first thing about anything, I scream? Come on! Can't you just walk with me for once? Almost there. Almost there. I'm going to cry, and I, I sure as heck don't want to do it out here. I pray Teresa isn't there waiting, and I don't want to find her sitting outside our door. We turn the corner at our landing... We turn the corner to our landing, and my chest falls. Someone is there. Piper. Oh, man, just what I need. Piper's hat is tipped to the side. She's watching me out of the corner of her eyes. You were chewing out Natalie. You were yelling at her, Piper says. I wasn't. Yes, you were. I heard you. You never yell at her. What's going on, she demands. I keep my mouth shut and stare at the doorknob, wishing I could get Piper out of the way. Piper looks at Natalie. Natalie is rubbing her chin on her shoulder. Her chin on her shoulder, faster than normal, as if she's upset, too. Have I done this, or was it 105? She seemed happy with that greasy-haired con, so it was probably me. Sweet Jesus, Piper whistles one long note. You found a ball. That's one of ours, isn't it? She holds her hand out to Natalie. Natalie can be very possessive with her things. She would never give anyone a rock or a button. I think Piper will be in for a fight, but no. Natalie plops the ball in Piper's hand, easy as can be. Where did you find it? I don't look at Piper in the face. I feel like I held my sister hostage for that stupid baseball. I won't touch it. It's dirty. The last thing in the world I want is to tell anyone how we got it. And Piper is ten times worse than just anyone. How could I have let this happen? 105, Natalie says. I say nothing. Feels like all the blood is draining out of my face. I'm lightheaded. Please, Piper, be as stupid as I was. Piper is frowning. She's trying to understand. Do not figure this out. Do not figure this out. 105 what? Piper asks. She pushes the brim of her hat back, as if to see better. She is staring intently at Natalie. Natalie says nothing. Good, Natalie. You gotta go inside. I touch the door. It feels good, that door. I can almost hear the sound it will make when it slams shut. Come on, 105 what? Is that how many places you looked? What? Piper asks. She's standing firm between me and the door. Her hands are crossed in front of her, and the frilly blouse she wore to school is tucked inside her overalls. Even as upset as I am right now, some parts of me registers how cute she is. Because I haven't heard of a ball going over in months. I didn't think you'd find one, Piper says. Thanks a lot, I snort. You could have told me that. You know I've been looking. I'm your babysitter now, too? Pocket, Natalie says, picking wildly at her shoulder. Pocket? Piper asks me. Usually I don't like when people talk to Natalie through me. I'm not a ventriloquist, and Natalie isn't my dummy. But today I want her mute. She doesn't mean anything by that, I lie. Yellow buttons, Natalie says, taking two buttons out of her pocket. Natalie's upset. We need to go inside. I try to edge Piper out of the way, but Piper isn't budging. Stop, Natalie. You have to tell me. Piper cross recrosses her arms in front of her chest. She's pulling rank. Only Natalie couldn't care less whose daughter Piper is. 
105, Natalie says. 105 buttons? Piper squints. She looks at Natalie, then me, then Natalie again. A big, slow smile pours across her face. Oh, sweet Jesus, you don't mean. I twist the knob and try to knee open our door. You got a con to give you a ball, didn't you? How'd you do that? And who the heck is AZ-105? Somebody on the dock? I have to know. I have the door open, and I'm trying to pull Natalie inside while keeping Piper out. Was it the waiter at the officer's club? Was it? Natalie, come on. Wow, Moose, I never thought you'd do something like this, she smiles big. My insides boil up, and I barely restrain myself from slugging her. I push Natalie inside her apartment, then I try to get past Piper. What did you give him for the ball? Piper asks. I've got my shoulders in. I'm trying to close the door now. If only I can get Piper's fingers out of there. Come on, you must have given him something, Piper asks. Move your hand and shut up, I cry. This is amazing, Piper says, her eyes glowing. I've never seen her so excited. Think maybe you could get autographs too? Moose, because Al Capone's signature is worth a fortune. This is the beginning, Moose. No, this is the end. I shut the door in her face.